Good morning again. Now, if you would please turn your Bibles to the book of James. Uh, James chapter 4 will be our text this morning. Now, tell me if you've heard this story before. Okay, but a football player breaks the rules. Okay, maybe it's smoking something he shouldn't have been smoking. Maybe it's cutting class. Maybe it's breaking curfew, whatever it is. Okay, a football player breaks the rules, and then the player suffers consequences for his actions. Okay, the school gets him in trouble. Maybe he gets suspended. Okay, but then the player is surprised. Because wait, he's a star athlete. He's special. The rules aren't supposed to apply to him. He's not supposed to get in trouble like everyone else does. You ever heard that before? Okay. Uh, You know, recently on the news, it's been Hollywood people getting in trouble. Okay, and it's almost like they're surprised that they're getting in trouble like us normal people because, wait a second, they're celebrities. The rules aren't supposed to apply to them like they apply to everybody else. You know, I think that often when we get in trouble as followers of Jesus, it's because we think that we are special. You know, other people might have problems with that temptation, but not me. Okay, you know, I know other people need these boundaries or need some personal rules to follow, but I don't because I'm special. Okay, for instance... I know that other people can't have a close personal friendship with someone of the opposite sex, but I can walk down that path, and that's fine because I'm special and nothing bad will happen to me. You know, or, you know, maybe I know that other people, they get burned by spending too many hours at the office, but I can handle it because I'm special. You know, I know that other people might need a church family for support, but I can go it alone Because I'm special. I know other people get led astray by the wrong crowd or by consuming the wrong entertainment, but I'm special. I can do it. I know other people might need to study their Bible daily or pray regularly or they need accountability, but not me because I'm special. Those rules don't apply to me. Right? And maybe we've never actually said those things. Okay, but how many of us have lived as if that's true? Okay, and what inevitably happens is we get ourselves in trouble because we think, well, I'm not like everybody else. I'm special. All right, this morning we begin a two-part sermon series. Uh, this is a sermon series within a sermon series. It's sermon inception, if you will. Okay, it's a very brief series because here in chapter 4, James has a couple of sections which he puts back to back. And I was thinking about this a lot this week, wondering what's the common thing holding these two sections together. And I think what it is, is in both of these sections, James is teaching us the same point. He's teaching us there is one God and it's not you, right? So quit trying to live your life as if you are God. Okay, both of these sections are reminding us we're not special. Okay, the same rules and principles that God has laid down for everybody, they apply to me too. They apply to you too. And if we want to be real followers of Jesus Christ, we need to understand there is one God. It's not me. And I should quit trying to put myself in that position. All right, so notice James chapter 4, starting in verse 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. 
There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? All right, I've got several questions that I want to ask about this text in order for us to try to make sense of it. And I've given you space on the front of your bulletin if you want to write these down. Here's number one. My first question. Okay, as a Christian, I don't follow the law, so what in the world is he talking about? I think Paul makes it pretty clear in a couple of his letters uh, that because of the gospel, because of what Jesus did in the death and burial resurrection, okay, we're not under law, right? I no longer follow the law of Moses as outlined in the Old Testament. Instead, I am under a new covenant, And I think if we're confused on that point at all, there's lots of places we can go to read. Go read the book of Galatians. Paul makes it really clear we don't follow the Old Testament law anymore and all of those rules that Moses gave us. Okay, I don't worry about keeping kosher dietary restrictions. Okay, I don't worry about keeping all the Jewish festivals. I I don't worry about whether or not my shirt is a blended fabric. Okay, not once have I worried about working too hard on a Saturday. Of course, as a preacher, that's not my temptation. But, you know, we don't worry about that because I am a Christian. I'm under a renewed covenant. So, if as a Christian I don't follow the old law, then why does James write to the church and ask us to worry about sitting in judgment on the law? All right, and I think part of our problem is something that we talked about last week, uh, and that is that we've taken a book that's intended to be read in one sitting, uh, and then we divide it into these little sections, and I'll take three months to preach on it, and we lose the continuity in what's going on in the text as a whole. I think if we were to read this all at once, this would be much clearer, because just a couple of pages earlier, back in chapter 2, James talks to us about what the royal law is of Scripture. Okay, if you go back, remember chapter 2 and verse 8. He says this, he says, If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture... Love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. Okay? I think the law that James is talking about here in chapter 4 is not all the minutiae of the old law of Moses. I think it is this greatest command, love your neighbor as yourself. All right, so here's my big point for the day. Uh, if you only hear me say one thing, let it be this. All right, do you want someone to slander you? then don't do it to other people. Okay, do you want someone gossiping about you? Then don't gossip about other people. Okay, do you want someone judging you? Okay, then as a Christian, you can't turn around and judge other people. We have to love other people like we want them to love us. I think here's his point. He says if you're saying bad things about people, if you're judging people, if you're gossiping about people, Okay, then what you're doing is you're saying that you're special and the rules don't apply to you. Okay, but remember the point of this whole mini-series. There's one God and it's not you. Okay? We have to treat others the way we want to be treated. There's one person who gets to sit in the seat of judgment and it's not you. Okay, we are not above the law of judging our neighbor as ourselves, so don't say things about people you wouldn't want other people saying about you. It really is that simple. Fair enough? All right. So we're all going to go out and do that, right? Yeah, probably not, because here's my second question. 
And that is, why is judging others, why is saying bad things about other people such a strong temptation for us? Okay, why is this such a big deal? Okay, why is this something that most of us, or dare I say all of us, do? Okay, why is my wife all the time telling me that I'm being judgmental? Okay, and I keep having to explain to her that I have several ministry degrees, and so I have a license to judge people, and she keeps having to tell me, David, that's not a thing. Okay? But she doesn't even have a doctorate, so what do we care about what she says, right? And she's back in children's worship right now, and if I want her to know what I just said, I will tell her myself. So we're all good. You know, here's my real question. Why is this, why is talking bad about other people or gossiping about other people, why is this a temptation that we never seem to fully beat? Or maybe it's just me. Maybe you've beaten this completely, okay? But why is this such a strong temptation for us? All right, I've got two subpoints on this. Here's the first one, letter A. That is, I think we often cast others in a bad light uh, because we think that that will somehow make us feel better about ourselves. Okay, I think that if I can put you down, then it makes me look better. To be quite honest, I don't like sitting in silence and reflecting on and repenting for my own sins. Okay, because when I really get down to it and it's just me and God all alone and I'm really getting in the quiet place, just me and God, then the only person I can compare myself to is Jesus. And that comparison makes me really uncomfortable because I realize there's still lots of thoughts and attitudes and problems in my soul that I still need to get more in line with the glory of God Almighty. I don't feel as good about me when it's just me and God. But if I can look on the news or read in books or magazines or look in the world around me and see the mess other people are making of their lives then I can feel real good about myself, right? And because part of what I do is I compare my best self to other people's worst self, uh, and then I can look pretty good, right? Or I can compare myself to people who don't know anything about Jesus at all, and I feel like, man, I look real good. Okay, it's kind of like if you're ever feeling bad about your physical appearance, uh, don't go look in a glamour magazine and compare yourself to all of Hollywood's elites and all of those people. Uh, You won't feel better about yourself, Okay, if you're ever feeling bad about your appearance, what you do is you go to your computer, go to the internet, and type in peopleofwalmart.com. Okay? Spend about five minutes looking at all of those pictures, and you'll realize I look fabulous, right? Okay, who are we comparing ourselves to? I judge others to feel better about my own flawed and sinful self. Okay, I may not be where I need to be, but I can perceive that I'm doing better than that person over there, right? And again, we've talked about this before, but just keep in mind, it is always easier to see other people's sins than it is to see my own, right? And it's always easier to judge sins that I don't struggle with, okay? For instance, if I'm around someone and they use a lot of bad language, I can really judge that person because that's not one of my temptations. I've never really had a a bent towards using bad language. So if you do, I can say, man, you really should clean that up. And I think I'm better than you are because of that. Okay, but I will never judge you if you talk to me about how much you worry. Okay, that's totally understandable if you spend your life with a lot of anxiety and worry. Really, that's just being responsible if you think about it, right? Right? 
Okay, I'm not going to judge you for worrying because that's something that I struggle with, right? So therefore, that's not nearly as bad as what you struggle with. Our standards for judgment and slander are never consistent uh, because we often use those sins to feel better about ourselves. All right, letter B. Uh, Second thing is we slander gossip uh, because it draws other people close to us. Or at least we perceive that it does, right? I want to draw other people close to me. Now, I remember once at the church that we were at in Texas before we moved here, uh, one of my responsibilities was teaching the Wednesday night auditorium class. Okay, and that Wednesday night auditorium class that I taught, you had to be at least 65 years old to get into that class. Uh, That wasn't a rule. That was just the way it was. Okay, and the average age of people in there was about 75. Okay, so I'm in there as my mid-20-something, and we had a whole lot of fun in that class. It was me and all of these older, seasoned saints. I couldn't call them old people. They didn't like that, right? Okay, but it was me and all of our more mature Christians, right? And one day, I'm in their teaching class, and at the end of class, I said, well, that reminds me of a joke, but it's not an appropriate joke for church, so I'll have to tell y'all later. Okay, and then I said the closing prayer and ended class. Immediately after class, I have a big circle of everybody in that class right around me giving me more attention than I've ever received from them or from any sermon I've ever preached. And they're all saying, what was the joke, preacher? We want to hear your dirty joke, preacher. Okay. I'm not telling you the joke. That's not, I'll tell you later. Okay, they all wanted to be in on it. Okay, that's part of our nature, right? We all want to be in on it. I want to know all the things. Okay, heaven forbid that there's a group of people over there laughing about something, and I don't know what it is. Okay, and I don't care how introverted you might be, all of us like a certain amount of attention. We like being the one with the interesting story to tell. We like knowing what's going on with other people, even if it's absolutely none of our business. And we think if we can share the juicy gossip or if we can talk down about somebody else that it will somehow help us in our own social position because we know everyone around us wants to be in on it and they might want to hear what I have to say if I've got the good story to tell. Rather than building others up, which is how we really make friends, we tear others down, uh, not realizing in the long run it's just going to hurt us too. All right? Question number three I have about this text is, aren't we supposed to do some judging? Okay, aren't we supposed to judge? You know, here's the move uh, that some sectors of our society think that they want to make, uh, but they don't really want to make at all. Okay, a lot of people in our world today think, well, we should just not judge anything is wrong. Okay, everybody can just do what they want to do. Who are you to judge me? Everybody gets to choose for themselves what their own right and wrong is because you don't know my background. You don't know me. You can't tell me that something I'm doing is wrong. And if you won't tell me that anything I'm doing is wrong, then I will reciprocate and I won't tell you that anything that you're doing is wrong. And we can all keep our own standards of morality. Everybody stay in your own lane and then we won't get on each other's nerves by judging each other which sounds great for about two seconds. Hey, but then we run into stuff like a terrorist mows down dozens of people with a truck in New York City, and all of us watch that on the news and we say, that's evil. I judge that as wrong. Okay? And we're right to do so. 
right? Or we see a lot of other stuff. We judge racism as evil. We judge bullying as evil. We judge rape and assault as evil. Okay, there's a lot of times when we look at sin, and even the most pagan unbelievers look at that sin, and they say, yeah, that's wrong. Okay, aren't we supposed to, as God's people, call sin what it is? Okay, aren't we supposed to be able to see evil and be able to say, that's evil? Y'all aren't going to believe this story, but I promise you it's true. Um, I'm telling it in the Lord's church, okay? This is a true story. It really happened the way I, or this is the way I remember it happening, okay? Uh, but a few years back uh, in Texas, I was playing golf with one of my church buddies, uh, and we get to the turn, which is between holes nine and ten, and we go into the clubhouse to get drinks, and I get a Coke at the, at the clubhouse, and the girl that's pouring my Coke for me starts flirting with me shamelessly, Again, this is how I remember it, all right? Okay? I mean, to the level of she goes, well, handsome, I'll pour anything in that glass you want me to, is the line I remember, okay? (laughs) All right, so we go back out on the golf course and we're on hole number 10, and I turn to my buddy and I say, is it just me or was she flirting with me shamelessly? And he says, yeah, Okay, which I thought was really cool that she was flirting with me and not him, but that's beside the point. Again, if I want my wife to know all the stories I tell, I'll tell her, so this is just between us, right? Okay, but he says, yeah, she was flirting with you hardcore, man. Okay, and so I thought about that for a second, and I asked him, I said, okay, what would you do if I had asked her for her phone number? Okay, and keep in mind, I'm preaching at a church at the time. I have a wife and one kid at home at the time. Okay, I said to him, I said, what would you do if I had asked her for her phone number? And my friend, okay, a member of the Lord's church, looks at me and he says, I wouldn't do anything. I'm not going to judge you. So, okay, for the sake of a girl I met five minutes ago, I could lose my marriage I could severely damage the relationship I have with my son. I could lose my job and completely kill my career. And my friend wouldn't say anything at all to me about that because he wouldn't want to judge me. All right, let me tell you right now, if you ever see me about to throw my life away for something stupid and sinful, okay, you have my permission to judge me. All right? You have my permission to say, what are you thinking? Make a better decision. Okay? Here's my point. And we could spend a whole sermon on this, but we won't. Okay, but that is, don't be afraid to call evil, evil. Right? If the world can convince the church that we have no voice, uh, then we also have no influence and we are wasting our time. That is not who we are supposed to be. Part of our call is to be a light to the world. We're supposed to be the ones who do have the right moral compass, who know the difference between right and wrong. We need to be the people who stand up for what is right and stand against what is wrong. We need to be able to call evil what it is, and we should help each other with our sins as brothers and sisters who are struggling with the same stuff. Is that fair? All right. So number four. And finally, so how do we do this, right? How can I ensure that I'm not 
committing slander and gossip and judging inappropriately. How do we do this? Okay, practically, what does this look like? All right, I think there's just a few things that we can avoid if we want to do this and do it well. And the first one is this, is that if I judge that I am better than you, that's a problem. Okay, and what I mean by this is we can judge each other's actions. You could look at me and say, David, what you're doing right now is wrong. Okay, we can do that, but we can't judge each other's hearts. Okay, I think Jesus' biggest problem with the Pharisees is that they thought that they were better than everybody else, and then they tried to fix all the people around them. Okay, and Jesus has this nice little scripture that we just read about you got to take the plank out of your own eye first before you can take the speck out of your brother's eye. Okay, don't pretend like your life is perfect and that your job is to fix everybody else. Okay? If you judge that you are better than the other person, you're doing this wrong. We need to recognize that we are just as much in need of redemption as everybody else. Okay? And only when I can recognize my own brokenness am I then in a position to help you. Does that make sense? All right. Number two. If I judge from a position over you, that's a problem. In other words, I want my buddy on the golf course to confront me if I'm about to do something stupid, uh, but I want him to do it as my brother and not as my parent. Okay? Do it as somebody walking alongside rather than as someone coming down from on high. Again, there's one God and it's not you, right? All right, number three, and this is important. Okay? If I judge around you, Instead of to you, that's a problem. Okay? Uh, in other words, if I were to go down the wrong road with a girl I met five minutes ago on the golf course, what I would not want my buddy to do is run back to church and start telling people, well, you'll never believe what the preacher just did. Okay? That would be inappropriate on a number of levels, right? I want him to judge what I'm doing is wrong, but I want him to judge it to me right, in a way of helping me and not in a way of judging around me and talking to other people about what's going on, right? This has a whole lot to do with direction. We need to check our hearts and make sure that our intentions are to help people and not share stories about them. Okay, again, with all of this, it's about direction. If I'm coming down from on high, I'm putting myself in the position of God. And again, what's our point? There's one God and it's not you. Fair enough? All right. Uh, at this time in our service, we're going to sing a few verses of an invitation song. During the singing of this song, I will be down front. One of our shepherds will be down front. This is a time when we as the church want to be here for you. If you have a prayer request or you'd like to sit down with us and study scripture, if you'd like uh, just to let us help you in any way, this is the time in our service for that. And before we sing that song, I'd like to close this with a word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Let's stand and sing.